0: name is Ricky Day, and this is Nothing to Lose But Yourself. What's going on, everybody? I hope you are having an amazing day wherever it is that you are, whatever it is you're doing. I hope you are enjoying it. Once again, my name is Ricky Day and welcome to the podcast. This is Nothing to Lose But Yourself, a little podcast that tries to make the world a better place. One conversation at a time. If you are new to the podcast, listening for the first time, I want to uh, invite you to subscribe if you haven't done so already. also want to invite you to follow us on social media. It's nothing to lose but yourself on Instagram and on Twitter. And if you want to follow me personally and directly, it's Ricky Day, R-I-C-K-Y-D-A-Y on Instagram and Twitter as well, also, I want to do uh, a couple of things. Uh, first of all, I want to thank the Black Podcasting Awards for nominating us for Black Podcast of the Year in our very first season. You guys, I had this idea late last year, launched it this year from the bedroom in my apartment. And it's gone around the world and it's built a big audience and we got nominated for Black Podcast of the Year in our first season. I don't take that lightly. Even though we didn't take the prize home, I feel grateful and I feel very much like a winner just for being uh, acknowledged and just for the fact that people are listening and you guys are being blessed by these conversations. So thank you to each and every one of you. And one last thing, it would be amazing if you go to Apple Podcasts and you write a positive review for the podcast and you rate the podcast because those ratings, those reviews help us to reach other people and expose everybody else to these amazing conversations with these uh, wonderful, wonderful guests. So I thank you guys in advance for working with me and doing that. All right. I'm excited about this episode today because I am talking. Not only to an icon in the making, but I'm talking to a friend, somebody who I love dearly, I love like family. Who am I talking about? I'm talking about the first black curve model to appear on the pages of American Vogue. Her name is Precious Lee. She's a model, she's an actress uh, actress and an activist, and she is a dear friend. We're going to talk about her life and her career thus far, what's next for her, and how her faith and her love of herself has fueled her journey so far. So without further ado, sit back, relax, grab that cup of coffee, that glass of wine, your herbal refreshment, your piece of pie, whatever it is you do when you're listening, go ahead and get comfortable, get situated and get into it. This is my conversation with actress and model and writer and activist and friend, Precious Lee. I hope you enjoy it. Well, my guest today is indeed, as I shared in the intro, she's the first black curve model to appear on the pages of American Vogue. Precious Lee is the epitome of a trailblazer. She's a fierce advocate for race and size diversity across fashion, television, and film. She also continues to transform the industry through her work as a model, an actress, a writer, and an activist. After going to an open call with a friend, Precious launched her modeling career in Atlanta, Georgia at the age of 18 years old. Since then, Precious' career has skyrocketed. She's walked the runway in both New York and Milan fashion weeks with brands like Versace and Michael Kors. She's been uh, featured on the pages and the covers of various high fashion publications such as Harper's Bazaar, uh, V Magazine, Vogue Brazil, Vogue Italia, British Vogue, and of course, American Vogue. She's also been shot by Love Magazine, Essence, Paper, and M. LeMond, just to name a few. Obviously, she has worked with some of the world's most notable photographers in the industry, including Stephen Mizell, Cass Bird, Merkin Marcus, uh, even James Green, and Juergen Teller, just to name a few. She's been featured in campaigns for luxury brands. She's also uh, partnered with the luxury brand Fleur de Molle to bring uh, size and inclusivity to luxury lingerie. Uh, it's unprecedented and it's only the beginning, as part of her quote about that. But listen, enough of me talking, you guys. I want to bring her to the microphone in the studio to share her story with us and have a great conversation with my friend and my little sister, the legendary and iconic Precious Lee. P. Lee, what's going on, Ma? How are you? Hi, Ricky.
1: I'm so good. So happy to see you and finally be here with you. Through all the drama to get here, we're here.
0: Listen, you're a big, big star. You're a supermodel now. You got a busy schedule. It's not easy. I I appreciate it. I'm just glad to see you as well uh, and glad to finally be able to have this conversation with you. Welcome to the podcast. Um, Before we dive in, a couple of things. Happy birthday.
1: Thank you. How
0: was it? I think you did something Uh, special for your birthday this year, did you not?
1: Oh, you know, just a little party at the Met. Um, it was really cool. This year, my first Met ever fell on my birthday, September 13th, which, as you know, you know, the Met Ball usually happens the first Monday in May. Right. But because of COVID and because of, you know, everything that's happened, they changed the date. And the, the fact that it fell on my birthday, just felt super aligned in tune with, like, the other things that feel super aligned that are happening in my life and in my career so it was really special could you know me I'm very low-key on my birthday I like disappear and shop alone Mm -hmm. and and I'll have maybe a dinner but this was something that really kind of like put me you know out there and it was really lovely the energy was so great inside um I had this crazy mega amazing piece of art of a dress on and I had an all black and glam team and it was just super special to be so like collaborative with everyone involved in making the moment happen, which, you know, as a Virgo, <laughs> you like to be over everything. So, you know, I'm happy. I have such a good team to work with and you do all of that preparation for that moment that night that just goes so fast. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was a cool birthday party, I'll tell you that much. It was so much, like, love and so many people and all the screaming and people, the people that, like, assemble to watch the red carpet and stuff. It's just also, you know, mega and I think everybody was excited to start to come back into like the group of things and see people that you haven't seen
0: in a while. That's amazing. It's really good to hear too. And I'm, I'm so proud of you. I'm so happy for you watching all the success. I'm sitting here in my podcast studio, y'all. That is the former bedroom of Precious Lee when she was my roommate. As a matter of fact, we should probably give people a little bit of context about how familiar we're going to be as we have this conversation because we have a relationship that I don't have with any of the other guests you guys have met on the podcast. P, you want to share a little bit of that story?
1: Oh, my goodness. What, the whole part?
0: No, just a little bit. I mean, <laughs> we have a limited amount of time to have this conversation. We want to get into some of the deep stuff, but, you know, I need people to have some context.
1: Well, I moved to New York, um, and when I first moved to New York, I lived in a model's apartment. Drama, could not deal with it. It was very real-world meets I don't know, bad girls club. It was just kind of a mess. And it was just like, I wasn't used to that coming from Atlanta and I wasn't able to work. And I, it was an incident that happened. Someone stole my vintage Chanel bag and I was done with it. And I had a friend that lived in Harlem and um, he knew I was going to leave. I was like, I'm leaving. I just can't deal with it. He's like, no, let me see. We have an extra room. And fast forward. It was Mr. Ricky Day's apartment, and I lived there for, what, two years?
0: Yeah, at least two.
1: Yeah, two years, and that was, like, the first two years of my New York experience. So, for me, it just felt like such home, like a home base every time I came from, you know, in the city doing all the crazy castings. And when I first started, I was on a different grind, and um, it just was always so... I felt so fortunate to have such a warm home and I'll be able to like, you know, decompress and, and every time we would talk about things and flesh things out and like, you would know what happened, like, oh, well, I have this big casting, I'm preparing for this. And it just always was like more than I bargained for of having in New York when I first moved. I you know I thought I was going to be surrounded by a bunch of models and I'm just so happy I didn't have to do that and I grew so much out of that experience and you knew so much of like the beginning of my you know career and how hard it was for me in the beginning all the changes and it's been, it's been a while
0: yeah it's been a long time and it was my pleasure it was, it was a great opportunity for me to be able to make a home for you and uh help you and be as you were trying to navigate those early days and indeed she is telling the truth it looks fun and glamorous now but even now first of all it's much more work than everybody imagines it to be uh but secondly in the beginning it was far less glamorous and a lot more work and a lot more stressful than people um understand and so it's been really gratifying to watch you navigate all that and, and kind of be your authentic self the entire time and push and fight for what you deserve and Watch it come to fruition. It's just really amazing. So um thank you for sharing. You were a better
1: roommate than any model could have ever been. I had no problems with the rent, no problems with the drama that comes along with those crazy roommates. And I don't know, I just felt like it helped mature me so much. And, you know, just really like a special moment for me. So I'm happy to see how you've transformed and to see your journey because I was there at the beginning of a new phase for you, which is also was so amazing to see and to continue to see how you like transform this, these mini therapy sessions that you give everyone that you know into a platform like this. It's like, I just want people to know this is like nothing new, you know, for you to like, we're just putting it in one space but this is something you always do with everybody you know and that you care about and um I always remember telling you and we need to get you set you up because the way that couch would get like have the sessions of so many different people that were like coming through and like lost or you know overexcited and you had to like humble them. It's just so many amazing things I think that you've been doing in this space that is now you finally got to this space and you're you're creating this for people to see. But this is something that I know is so natural for you.
0: And I can't I'm believe about that. Yeah thank you precious and you absolutely she's being humble about that. She was one of the first people, her and my friend Yvonne Victor, <laughs> the first two people who uh spoke it. They're like, I don't know what you're doing, but you need to have a show. Uh, and, you know, it's hard when you're living a thing, you don't experience it the way other people experience it. But you're right, it was very much a therapy sofa here. I'm always giving people advice or helping guide them down their journey. And uh, it's part of my gift in the world. So I'm happy to be able to do it. And, but more importantly, I'm happy to see people act on that wisdom, act on those things that they discover about themselves and, and make their dreams come true, as as you have done. And speaking of which, it has been an amazing year for you uh, these last few months. I mean, a pandemic, the Black Lives Matter protest, all the crazy in the world. And here you are blossoming into the superstar that we, you and I, knew was there, but the world probably didn't expect. What's the journey been like for you from the inside looking at?
1: It's been always it's always been conflicting because I've always been sure of what it is that you know I wanted and I've always been focused on that but then it's not even about me preparing myself for the journey more so than me acclimating to like different parts of the journey and like what other people would contribute to the journey Mm -hmm. and understanding that everyone like no one has autonomy over, you know, the way I decide to move in my life and meaning agencies, agents, um, directors, casting directors, designers. I just realized early on that it was important for me to stay focused on what it was that was most important to me. And it was to really break through this mold of a small, small vision of what, Black African-American women look like in fashion and then especially um you know not just being African-American but also being a non-traditional size model being a size 14 um model which the average size woman in America is a size 14 but that did not translate into the fashion realm and so everything that I was doing was pretty much like a first time um and being a pioneer in any I think career or journey in general, you just come into contact with things that are, you know, could be shocking or could be, you know, unsettling and like disruptive even. And for me, I just always went back to the core of me. It's just my spirit of knowing my connection with God. I've always said that I know is like, I know why I'm here and I know I'm supported. And during the time I was actually staying in Harlem when we were roommates, I actually was meditating so very hard on a couple of scriptures. One, um, I would really, first of all, I would pray for like travel. I remember I just wanted to travel and I just, I wanted to live in New York, but I always said, if I lived in New York, I would have to travel a lot. Mm -hmm. And so I was working and I was always blessed to work, but like, I started getting jobs where I was never there. Remember, I would be in and out, in and out, like suitcase, won't even undo my suitcase because I was right out. And I was praying very hard and diligently to travel and to have expansion in my career and asking that no weapon formed against me shall prosper and anointing my head with oil and preparing the table before being a presence of my enemies. And that for me was just like, it kind of was centering for me every moment because it was, it was meditative and it was prayer. And at that time I was exploring more of my spirituality than what I was just taught, you know, as a coming from a Methodist background from Atlanta, Georgia, and having like AME and Baptist and that being like how I learned about God to more of a way of how I connect with God in different ways. Um, even like yoga and like sound bowls and, and frequency healing and things that just started to connect me more with my source. And I feel like I was so grateful that I moved during that time because I was super young, but maturing. And I was there, it was a very transformative time, but it was also a time where people were telling me no, no, no. And I would always center back to those things that, you know, that prayer that also was meditative for me. Um, And it kind of just focused me back on knowing that if that, if I'm connecting with God on that level, then nothing else on the outside matters. So things would come up. Like I said, I was giving it one year. And if it wasn't epic, I was going to law school, remember? And I have LSAT score. And then on the 365th day to the day, and I only remember this Because my friends at the time were like, we got to celebrate your one year in New York. My one year mark was the like day that my agency at the time closed the like plus four. And so for me, that was a moment where I had to shift my focus on why it was so important for me. And it was outside of my verbal plans of perfection and being like this, 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 partner by this age um, this amount of money at this age, this amount of properties, everything was so calculated. And I just feel like that was one of the most faith-based decisions that I've ever made was to stay in New York. And I remember even those around me were like, when are you coming back home? And I stopped answering the phone for those people. And I started to tighten my belt on my, like, cause I've been blessed and been making money from, modeling since I was in school in Atlanta. So I always had, you know, everything that I needed. Um, And even how, like, as soon as I wanted to move, an apartment came up that was an amazing space in, in a Black community, which I was craving at that time so much coming from Atlanta and going straight into fashion world. But like just how miraculous and amazing, like how abundant it felt for that opportunity to come in, I really stayed on that wave and I continue to lean into the positive side of things because there was a lot of negativity happening, um, being the first at so many different things. So the journey inside has been, you know, it's kind of been like I'm in this, in this shield, in this globe. And I'm going through and I see all of these disasters and things happening around me, like fire, like things just going off. And I'm just being guided straight through. Mm -hmm. And it's like, it's gotten so close so many different times to where it is like, sure. You know, like imagine something you're in just shaking really hard and you're bracing yourself. Like those, it's a very visual image I have of my journey. And it's like protected, like, I've been protected, but I've seen and been close to so many different things. I've had so many different, like, like the one year mark. I said, I was going to leave agency closing, having to pick an agency, having to maneuver through agents, having to maneuver through clients and who I wanted to work for, how I wanted to work for them, how often created my boundaries in my space, still maintaining a real life, Mm -hmm. still like growing spiritually, mentally, and emotionally and still staying confident while doing that and being African-American from Atlanta and educated in the fashion world, it was like always a conflict, it felt like. But I've always felt like I had all the tools. That's the thing. I've always felt like I've dealt with some things that I may not have felt like I necessarily needed to, but I've never felt unprepared or I've never felt incapable. I just, I felt angry. I felt stifled. I felt underestimated, but I never felt I couldn't do it. It was always a matter of time.
0: Kind of that perfect uh, storm of confidence meets faith, would you say?
1: I just know that throughout it all, I just think about how indomitable my spirit has been through all of this stuff. Because so many, everything in the industry, especially when I came in, it was set up against me. Like nobody... Was checking for black girls, really any or not? You know, being from Atlanta, you know, I have no connection to any nepotism in the industry. I don't have any hookups.
0: Right, that part. You know, I, that's an interesting point you make. But would you say that despite not having those hookups, not having the nepotism, that you feel protected, that you've been perfect protected and covered throughout your journey?
1: It's weird because I, I'm. Way more, I think, spiritually expanded than I was since, you know, we were spending more time with each other. And at the same time, I feel like those were things I already felt and knew. I'm just expressing them and practicing them more and being more vocal and they're more integrated in my life. It was like a time of integrating, I feel like. Mm-hmm. It was like applying all of this knowledge and all of this intuition and all of these, you know, downloads into, like, actual living, and I remember I used to always say, I want to write a book called Quarter Life Crisis, and I just remember, like, thinking about, like, being at, like, just getting into your 20s, and, like, you know, I started modeling as a teenager, and to, like, grow as a woman in that, but then, like, it was like, I've, always, I've been a model, but it was kind of, like, I don't consider being full-time until I moved to New York. Right. And so moving into New York and then, you know, handling that alone was the whole thing. But then also, you know, still growing as a young woman and, you know, learning how to become a woman in New York in fashion when everybody is telling me that this is the last thing they're trying to do. Right. So I had a timeline. I was like, I'm not, I'm giving this a year. And if it's not epic, I'm out. But then I realized it wasn't for me to allow them to tell me when it was epic, or I wasn't going to allow my dream to be um, stifled by a parameter, um, especially when I always had the tools. You know, I always felt like I had the tools. Now, whether or not you want to just pull out the tools all the time to have to deal with this stuff, that's one thing. But I'm very grateful and blessed to know I've always had the tools at the lowest, lowest point. And, and when I say tools, I, it's that size and mm-hmm. that's my like direction and, and ordering of steps. I used to meditate on that as well. And I had like this rotation, which I still have of certain praise songs that would really like motivate me on another level beyond even me knowing I was deserving in the 3d round But, like, I've always been connected to, you know, worship through music. Mm -hmm.
0: What's on your your praise list? I'm curious.
1: Okay. Grateful is one of my favorite, favorite songs because you just, it's literally two lines, I believe. Mm -hmm. and The song is, like, six minutes. And it's just this crescendo, like I, I was, I'm kind of a bander. I played this little in the piccolo. The crescendo of the music is like, it just, I don't know, like on that, like last high end, I'm a mess. I'm on the floor. I'm like, it's a release that I've been able to do so much through that song best in me
0: mm. because
1: Mark, you know, he'll hype you up. you you ain't never been, I'm like, ah, like literally, like, you just feel like, it's almost like in those songs, you can feel all the daggers that may or may not be there or all the like heaviness that you may feel and it just kind of just like releases at that moment. It's like nothing can overpower me. It really connects me with like my soul, like song and being from, you know, the South and my mom coming from AME church, um, and then I, we would go every so often to the AME church and it was a different type of praise from the Methodists that I was used to. Mm-hmm. But like I would find a, mid, a medium somewhere and I think Baptist is kind of where I landed on and music is just so much a part of that type of you know worship. And I learned early on that the denominations were kind of like just the setup of the way the worship went and the service went. And so it kind of was like, always a starting point in church for me and a starting point into getting into the word which was music and my church I went to in in Georgia they've always always went to the best choir churches and it just was always something that would reconnect me you know I listen to like trap music and then I have my three lineups best in me never would have made it oh do not turn that on
0: never would have made it eye
1: on the sparrow I think it recorded me actually singing that for an audition
0: tape before. Like I'll have I, to, I have to check my files. I have a nice file on you, by the way. <laughs> she uh she threatened me with a uh with a non-disclosure one day, y'all, because I got a nice file of really precious days. But uh no, it's it's it's, <laughs> it's just, calling you,
1: they already know they're not. <laughs>
0: It's amazing though to watch the journey, and, and it's really gratifying and, and beautiful to know that you understand and you're grateful for all the protection that God has provided, and 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 your resources that you have inside you to call upon. Um, I can tell the fact that you absolutely had a strong sense of who you wanted to be and how you wanted to move through this, and you knew the industry had certain rules, but you were going to do things in a way that worked for you and for us as a people, and I respect that along the way watching you do that. Uh, and I know it was challenging because you're going to get pushback, back and people have a way of doing things. And only, they don't always have nefarious uh, goals in mind. They just have a way of doing things that they think it needs to be done. And it takes somebody uh, who's strong and who they are and understanding the rest of the world to kind of show uh, people a different way to do things sometime. Um, you know, Precious, fame and success have a way of creating this caricature of who a person is and as a result the real person can kind of get lost you know what i mean like people see you now they're like oh she's this and she's grand and she's beautiful and she's a diva and she's whatever but this is a chance for you to describe to people Mm -hmm.
1: preciously is feel so much of a really joyful, confident little girl that's grown into a more expansive version of that. I, I dream really big. I create, you know, bigger ways of dreaming. And I feel like that mainly boils down to having a really indomitable spirit. I mean, I've just, always stay connected to what it is that I feel guides me and as I said before, which is God. And I know that I I have so much favor and protection and everything that I am and everything that I do is like from like an abundance of blessings. And I care about the message that I send out. I care about people. Um I Practice unconditional love and I am always, you know, open to learning new ways of expanding myself, thus expanding others around me and giving each one to each one and living by the code that I feel like do it to others I, I try my best to be very transparent and, and loving and I think that all comes and pours into a really amazing person I always say I would literally love to be my friend like if I had a friend like me <laughs> and I say this and I my friends are always like yes. over?
0: sounds like some Leo stuff
1: well that's my rising and my Venus we talked <laughs> this Which is true though. And I say that confidently because there's not anybody that I love and is connected to me that can't call me and ask me for anything. I just, I, when I love, I, even if I don't even know you, anybody around me, I always give my best to. If it's something that I can do or give or talk, like teach, or I don't know, I'm always wanting to learn more about how I can help others and how I can uplift other people. And it's really always been important to me, even since I was a kid. You know, when I was, you could not pick on anybody around me. Right. Like I've just always been an advocate, whatever. Which is what I really realized, and it was like before I even knew what that meant. I'm mm-hmm. for like seeing people in pain, and so i have kind of wrap my like life around that idea of just like creating, you know, more space in this particular industry and as an actress as well. I've decided to focus on like the media and image and how, you know, we're portrayed and how to expand people's minds with that, because that trickles down to how you treat your neighbor, how you treat, you know, the kid going to a new middle school is going to be affected by what magazine covers they see, believe it or not. You know, those things are very important and I know they're very important because I remember being a kid Mm -hmm. and having those, you know, those different, those very marginalized views of what was what. And I'm so grateful to like do something I actually love to do and have that create a better, a bigger world for someone else to live in. Because at the end of the day, I'm grateful to work with amazing designers and take pictures and travel. But if I wasn't a, like a, a curvy model, a non-traditional size model or something. if I wasn't pushing the conversation forward, mm-hmm. I'm not quite sure, you know, what exactly I would be doing, but I always only wanted to do something to expand the thoughts and minds of other of people and how other people are treated. So whether I was going to be a lawyer that dealt with, you know, sports and entertainment, I wanted to work with talented people that could help them focus on their talent instead of worrying about, you know, being sharp or being mistreated and just kind of shifted that and and doing that in fashion and I'm just so grateful that people are connected to it. To get one message on Instagram from the kid saying they're inspired by me on the runway, honestly, that is more than I could have asked for before. Because that's why I came here and that's what I wanted to do.
0: Yeah, it's amazing to watch you be so consistent in your in your presentation of who you are as an individual, who you are mm-hmm. as a human being and and as a young black woman. You know, um to to that end though, you know, I've got a few other famous friends, and I'm not going to name drop, uh, but I mean, people that I knew before, they were quote unquote famous. And one thing that seems to be true for most of them is that they attempt, you know, to stay the same person as you've been very good at. You know, you've been there for other friends of ours that I know. You're there for me. I mean, you're on the podcast. You don't have to be. You could easily credibly claim you're too busy, too big to whatever to do it, but you're still here. You're still the same precious you may have a different schedule different lifestyle but you're still precious um and i know most of them have attempted to stay the same person but what happens quite often is somewhere along the line the people around them start to change how they interact with you and then somehow that famous person gets accused of being the one that changed now i'm sure it's an individual thing and some people really do change but most of the people i know they haven't really changed but the people around them change have you experienced growing pains uh from your growing fame and 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 how you've had to navigated with people that you've known for some time or loved or knew at the beginning of your career?
1: Um, You know, I definitely felt like I've seen people that I haven't seen in a long time and they're like, oh, I don't know. And then I can't, I'm scared of you. You know, like, and I'm like, first of all, stop. I'm out. I can't, I can't deal with that. I I literally am the girl that in high school, I went homecoming queen, I think, because I literally talked to everybody. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I've never been a girl that's been in a clique that didn't talk to another person. I've been I was a girl that had, you know, like popular girl friends, nerd friends, band friends, jock friends, like math club I'm like, I was not in a math club, but debate team. I was a brilliant debater back then. I was like on the mock trial, you know what I mean? Like, I had like the mock trial team weren't really cool with the cheerleaders, but I was a cheerleader that was on a mock trial, you know what I mean? Right. So, I'm able to connect to different people, and I wouldn't, and none of nothing is going to change that, you know, it's just only going to connect me to more people, you know. I'm the I can talk to a 90 year old person all day and then I can hang out with a six month baby all day. And I'm, that's just something that I attribute to being raised by my parents too. I have older parents that really nurtured me, gave me space to be what I do, whatever I needed to do to find who I was and, you know, having my sister be so artistic and light, my sister who, you know, I've shared with you who died when I was very young, tragically. And, you know, very very young and very tragic and for me that taught me so much independence because i was a little girl that was i was the youngest of the family the baby you know my big sister and my big brother they were all just like i was the baby and then it kind of became where i had to grow up in a different way of just being able to take care of my own emotions with my sister leaving and my sister is the reason why i'm so spiritual be honest you know she's all she was always a spiritual person and she would have conversations about spirituality that no one else would have even when I was seven years old I remember um so for me I'm this person that can connect with so many different people because of how I was raised and and how you know my mom is like that she's super beautiful and talented she has all type of friends you know, she would tell me when she was little, she would like read the Bible to the older people in her community. She was a, like an equestrian and all this stuff. It's just kind of like really not being limited by groups. And because of that, I'll never care about a group at this level because I didn't care about it before. And I won't after I've never been to a group girl. So, and I think I've had that Like, it's obvious that in fashion, you know, I connect with so many different people and I don't want to ever feel like someone thinks that they can't connect to me anymore because they see me, you know, on a magazine cover. I'm like, yes, I am on the magazine cover and I told you I would be, but, and so like, what's, what's the difference? So, you know, I dealt with people changing and feeling a little less like, feeling less comfortable with me than they probably have because they may assume that I have some stance or position because I'm doing these things. But the people that I realize that have always been my friends that saw me, I don't have a problem with them.
0: Yeah. You know, another element in that too is people experience and interact with other people based on how they see themselves. So, you know, if you love and embrace your authentic self, if you're comfortable in who you are, then you can move in rooms and, and interact with other people uh, as equals because you perceive yourself to be that way. If you perceive that you may not be their equal anymore, something shifted, then you're going to start to interact differently. Like, I love you. I'm proud of you. But I'm not going to interact with you any different than you were before because I'm me. I'm still my Leo bomb self. So, you know what I mean? Like, that part of, part of it comes from that too. You mentioned your parents. They are 2 y'all listening, those parents of hers are two of the most amazing and wonderful people I've met. They're both beautiful. They're both uh, creative. They're both really kind and generous people and very interesting people as well. And I love them both. Uh, and there's a lot of them in precious. Uh, you mentioned your mom a little bit and uh, talk about your dad. Cause your dad is a little bit of a story that's kind of informed who you are and your daddy's girl. Well, no, you, I can't say you're a daddy's girl. You're both, you're, you're equal. You're equal. You want to I
1: am. That- baby and I feel like I have a connection with my dad that his other kids don't have and my mom is the same I'm the baby and I'm sorry that's just (laughs) the matter of it and I don't know I think my parents are my dad who's never worked for anybody in his life owned his own business he is born in Atlanta grew up in Chicago lived in Montreal and studied with the Dow students and, you know, he brought cut and color to Black hair. Black people were still getting press and curls. And my dad really, you know, shifted and evolved the way Black hair, I think, was even presented to our own community. Having hair shows at the Fox Theater and having Rolls Royces on stage and the staple singers to me while he does blowouts in suits with models in evening gowns. Like, that was my dad day job like that's what he did and he had two cosmetology schools he had a limousine service and he's and there people don't know my dad is a very amazing drawer he can draw and paint and like he's an artist he can make sketches he made the logo for the salon and a couple of the um, the different artwork and he's just a really creative person that dedicated his life to being creative and he gets up and creates every day um he named me precious um he's the reason why I have temptations as godfathers and it's just so amazing to have grown up with a dad that you know was in the arts and that allowed me to be involved in it as well like he taught me a lot about hair. I had a Marcel Iron kit when I was seven years old. Like, I've been knowing how to do hair. I know how to do a double process. Like, I can do things, you know, I learned so much from just being around my dad and growing up with him and having him. You know, he was an older dad, and he always talks about how he was learning how to actually raise a kid with me, and that, you know, I taught him so much, and he was so grateful that he was a part of my life every day. And that really molded me. And my mom, who is the most glamorous person I know, but also insanely intelligent, um, which is really what I learned from her. A lot of people get so shocked when someone is so visually stimulating, but also like intellectually stimulating and being able to connect with not just men or just women or different groups. I, I got that mainly from my mom. My mom was the head of the um, NAACP chapter, which her teen chapter, when she was a kid. She would go and collect money for so many different organizations. She was one of the first people to integrate one of her bands in high school. She was just a humanitarian and the work that she does. She's a teacher, she's an educator. And she's like that educator that, you know, that teacher you remember from elementary school that really taught you so many, like some of the most important things you learn that you still know by name. Yes. That's my mom um, is that teacher. And she gets a rapport with the family where they see a transformation in their child. And then they're like taken aback and they're forever connected to it. She has people, kids that she taught that are like almost my age that still have her contact and send their baby pictures and ask to come to birthday parties because she cares so much about the child's like spirit, you know, like because you'd be people don't understand how teachers are. Like she's been in different environments where you know you can see how crucial it is at that point in that child's life. And thinking that it's more important to be more disciplined than listening to them, um, to discipline them more, opposing to understanding them. And my mom has always been able to connect with people on that level. She's like the person that has, you know, you meet her in five minutes, you telling her your life story. And because of that familiarity and seeing how my mom could also be so glamorous and beautiful, but then literally roll up her sleeves and doing whatever is necessary to uplift those around her. um, It's something that I'm really grateful that I saw in a woman, an African-American woman. I've never had a, a doubt or any confusion
0: on how to show up and be proud of that because of her so just own that and walk walk strongly in that so you know you came out of atlanta great parents great background prepared you landed in fashion we know a lot of that story from previous conversations so i won't rehash that here but you know from the outside looking in modeling and fashion world looks like one thing and it's a very different industry once you're on the inside you know, I, a lot of different types of people listen to the podcast and want to make sure they get things that are helpful to them. And I know there's a lot of aspiring models out there and people who want to work in the industry. Um, what's probably the biggest surprise for you from the inside as opposed to what you thought it was from the outside. And, and what is from your point of view, what does it take to be successful in this business as a model?
1: I think it takes a, a strong vision of what it is you want. I think it takes, um, a business mind um, being able to think for yourself to understand that you are your own business and that the agency that you are with is who you hire to run your business in a sense, but you still run your business. Those things of just knowing how to maneuver in this industry are important. I could have made so many decisions that could have prevented me from being here but I maneuver in ways that I use my own mind. I didn't depend on anyone to create my next step or I didn't depend on anyone, you know, necessarily to catch me, even when I fall, like I've never even planned that. I always thought from, you know, my inner counsel, I make a decision. If I, you know, it's always been hard for me to make the hard decisions and, fashion because it's a relationship business. You know what I mean? Like you build these relationships and you have to figure out like, is it worth being disrespected? Is it worth being like, and you know, a lot of times a lot of girls that start out, or even you know, boys, like models in general, are so young and impressionable that they don't even feel like they can make those decisions. And even when I started super young, I just went in and not wanting to like fully be a full-time model so maybe that also is something that helped me have perspective but it's easy to get lost in the sauce in this industry and as long as you understand that before you won't have a problem you know dealing with something weird happening in a cocktail party when you already know you know who you are and what it is that you're about and you're in both you know, however you want to get to that goal, that is your business. But for me, I never like I was relentless with getting it in a way that I felt like I deserved, which was, you know, I did everything the way I felt was the most expensive move. Move I know I keep saying expansive, but the when I say expansive, it's not always the easiest. You know, it's it's what it's going to what may be harder now but like more helpful in the future and thinking like now versus the future and being present enough to understand the present moment to be able to even make the right moves to get to the future is something that people have to understand is way more than how you look your hairstyle and what agency you're with it's like what do you want from this industry do you want to just be on everything do you want to make money do you want to have a voice and champion something? Because I could have very well just acted like I wasn't big and Black and just, you know, I just want to be a model. And, but that was never an option for me. You know, so just making those type of decisions are like, that's what happens before you get a contract, before you, you know, get the agency, before you take the picture, you have to like know what it is that you want and really think past that, but also be grateful and present in where you are. Because you could be thinking so much in the future and not realize where you are maybe a better decision in this direction or so on. Mm-hmm. So my main thing is just letting people know that, like, you have to know what you want before you go. You don't go to these agencies and go into this industry and, and wait for someone to tell you who you are, what it is that you deserve. And I think so many people forget that. They're just like, I want to make it big. But, like, what does that actually mean? How does that look for you? having visualizations. I do a lot of visualization in my meditation and I definitely see myself in my like goal places, you know, and that's real. And because when you have so much noise around you, you need different ways of connecting to that. goal. it's not just one way. You have to pray, you have to meditate, you have to visualize, you have to take care of your body. You have to like make sure you're still giving and being able to give and receive love. There's just so many different things that are compromised to being a whole person in this industry that it takes time to get to or acclimate to. But the people that I know that are successful and happy here, you know, they're not the people that are making decisions based on everyone around them. They're they're coming from a stronger channel. It's a stronger signal than just trying to be, temperamental and getting
0: quick fixes. It seems to always come back to what's going on inside you, what's your inner life and what's your sense of self. I mean, Kyle Hagler, when he was on the podcast and we talked Uh, He talked about what he looks for in models and who he thinks can be successful. And he's like, it's so much more than a look or a walk or any of those things. It's really that person that I can bring and invite to a dinner party and they can sit there and people gravitate to them because there's something emerging from them that makes them undeniable, that makes people want to look at them, want to interact with them, want to be with them, want to talk to them, want to work with them. Uh, And I think that's a lot of also what, you know, you're talking about It also is it's transactional by nature. So it's like, what are you bringing to the table? Have you done the work to 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 know your angles and know your poses? Have you done the work to show up on set healthy and skins clear and clean because you didn't party for the last two weeks and and break yourself down? You've got to bring something to the table and offer something in addition to the things that you'd like to get out of it yourself. Would you say that's true as well?
1: Absolutely. I mean, I think that being prepared is not just being on time. Being prepared is just, you know, making sure you spend time in in that space uh, mentally and emotionally of where you want to be, and that is, you know, picking sleep over a party. You know how many parties that I slipped out of and then told people I was leaving because I knew that they'd be like, "No, stay," and I would, I. I actually think I did a really good job when I first moved to New York and partying and playing, like, working because I never missed a flight because I was late or something like that. Like, I would get out of dodge. I would, like, party and I would do what I needed to do, but I'd make sure i get enough sleep to go to this casting or something. i will get to the job and get through the job. And then, you know, a lot of people's careers have, like, didn't do as well, or they never took off because they chose a social life, you know, that was more turned than than focusing on their craft. I mean, remember, like, there was this website where you could find photographers. I set up a photographer, like, every two weeks I was doing a shoot, finding a photographer to test. My agent's like, you don't need to test. And I'm like, nope, I'm testing it. Every time those pictures would end up in my portfolio, stuff like that. Yeah. You can't teach a model that stuff. Like that stuff that I knew, I was like, these people are shooting me this way all the time. And then they're always putting it this way. And I want to do this stuff, but they're only showing them this stuff. So I'm going to go show them that I could do this stuff. So let me find out who wants to do this are they a real person? Is this safe? Let me tell people where I'm going. I want to do my own hair and makeup. And like, I would literally put shoes together. Mm-hmm. Or if I like a really cute outfit, I'd be like, Ricky, can you take these digitals as me? And you remember that? Mm-hmm. Almost everybody around me is taking a set of digitals or something. I was always thinking about different ways that I could do my part because the imagery, you know, I have a degree in Mass Media Arts and having a concentration in public relations and just going to an HBCU and understanding the view and the cuteness that, that it, like medium may project of like what a black woman is and how she looks and how she sounds and how she, how much she weighs and all of this, that really was not, I, that was noise for me. So I used to do work to show my range Remember, I would do a shoot with short hair, long hair, middle part, curly hair, big hair, sleek back, like lingerie like sports where I would do all of these things that models around me were not doing. People were not making their own test shoots and like mm-hmm. trying to figure out how they can make their portfolio better, like on a regular basis.
0: So. And show their agents that I have a little more range than you may imagine me having. And, and you got to show that. No, you were wonderful, excellent at that. And I it. I want to leave you this last question and get you up out of here so you can get your flight to Milan, uh, What is your experience of this world that we're currently living in? And most importantly, what is the world that you want to see, that you want to leave for the young people coming behind us? And what do you feel like is your role in helping to create that world?
1: Okay, that was three questions in one. So (laughs) I'm going to pick, starting with the second, what it is that I want to see from this world. Well, what I'm doing right now is you know, there's so much work that can be done beyond fashion. You know, the nonprofit organization that I work with, Baconda, I really, you know, this next year is very important for me to help expand and to grow that and to be able to use the things that I, you know, am doing for modeling to expand, you know, me being able to uplift people in general. It doesn't stop with just fashion, but you know, transforming imagery, not in just this sector, but also in TV and film and being able to, you know, be a part of creating a world that is not so fixated on a mold or so fixated on um, a singular way of getting even to one space. There's so many different ways your dreams can look for you and like to be able to give someone space and create more space for someone to dream a bigger dream you know, being able to see an image of me, you know, doing a show like Versace or, you know, being on these catwalks and on these covers of these magazines. Kids that are growing up that they're realizing what a magazine is and to be able to see that and to have that and not have a one way of seeing a person that is considered beautiful or successful or popular or happy, whatever it is that you know, you get the first time you see something that you start to compare yourself to. If I can help create a more expansive way of that, just like a trip to the grocery store being a little better, because there's a cover with a wide range of beauty and not just a a thin white woman, that to me is something that's like a little part of a huge scope of things that we can do to uplift and take these labels and this grouping off, and being able to create a, create a world for our youth to be joyful and youthful and not concerned about things that are not going to uplift the next generation and the collective. I just think everything right now that feels singular or not uplifting, I don't think that's what this time is about. I think right now this era in general, you know, I'm really into astrology We're in the age of Aquarius and I feel like just being more expansive and leaning more into the future and how you can contribute to that in different ways every day in so many sectors is important for us all to do. I don't think it's just about, you know, someone that may be on the platform that is more glamorous than others. It's about how you are to your neighbor or the, you know, a colleague at work and being able to give someone like a little more space Mm -hmm. in whatever, moment you're in with them so they can have more space for others is the way I think you know we're going to get into a more a more connected world because I feel like we're we can be so overly stimulated and and have so much access to so many different ways to compare and to you know attach yourself to negativity and I just don't want to be a part of any growing negativity. And I think the only way to do that is just to dive head in into like positive transformation and, and connecting and learning how other ways to connect to people and different things that you want to see uplift. And I think that's just something that we all as a whole can do and that we have access to every day, no matter our platform. And I see a future that everyone understands that. And I think everyone's a teacher and people just have to be authentic enough to connect to their students.
0: And to authentically connect to the fact that you're also simultaneously always a student yourself. Precious, I want to thank you for joining me today. I'm glad we were able to make this happen at last. I am proud of you. I love you and I wish you the best. And I will always be praying for your safety and your success.
1: I love you, Ricky Day. I'm so happy we finally had our time. And I just hope that with our talk and everything that I share, you know, I don't talk to everybody for a whole length of time. And it's just really important for me to um be as transparent as possible about where I got to my community, especially, and to know that you're doing this and having this be a place to have that moment and to connect with people. I I think it's amazing. So thank you for having me.
0: All right. And thank you for coming. I appreciate you safe travels and uh, I love you. Love you. You know, yeah, we all come into this world bearing gifts and those gifts are a hint as to what our purpose is. The thing is that many of us forget the fact that our gifts are not meant for us. They're meant to come through us and meant to be used to serve humankind. Precious came bearing gifts and in many ways she is our gift. She's using her passion, her intellect, love of self as a curvy beautiful black woman in this world to create a world in which many of us are inspired to be confident and comfortable in the bodies and the skin that we're in and to be joyful about being human and being alive precious is also a reminder that our children are always watching us taking cues from their parents and other adults around them about who to be how to be and what to be on this journey through life. When we instill a sense of pride and a strong work ethic in our children while still encouraging them to live their best lives and to love themselves as they are, we're creating a world in which we do ourselves a favor by creating responsible and loving adults who subsequently plant the seeds of love in others and together we can build the kind of world that we claim we want to live in. A world in which love, respect, and healthy community are the ideals for which we strive. Finally, precious is a reminder of the power of images to influence our desires and to shape our perceptions of self and of others. We ought to be careful about the signals we're sending out to the world via the images that we create and we share. The carefully curated social media feeds we build and consume are all too often dishonest depictions of the lives we live and the people that we truly are. Instead of trying to build your self-worth on the various isms, racism, sexism, materialism, ageism, elitism, perhaps we should be more intentional about celebrating our shared humanity and embracing our inherent beauty as creations of God. We are all created in the image and the likeness of God, and as such, we are exactly who we were created to be. Short, tall, slim, thick, light, dark, male, female, non-gender conforming. We are whoever we were created to be. I'm not saying that it's not cool to dress up or to feel good or to use a moisturizer to take good care of your skin. But I am saying if someone is telling you that you must buy this product or that product or own this brand or that brand to matter then that person is lost and not someone you want to follow. Go deep inside. Connect with your internal GPS. What's that you say? (laughs) It's the spirit that exists inside of each of us and it's waiting for us to come deep inside and to experience and to meet our authentic self and to be who we are as humans we are spiritual beings, having a physical experience and sent here as Reverend Michael A. Walrond Jr. says, to live the lives we created to live, to love beyond the limits of our prejudices and commissioned to serve. Live, love, and serve. Mm-hmm. Well, y'all, that's it for this week. I hope you enjoyed the episode. And remember, please go to social media, Instagram and Twitter, and follow us. Nothing to lose but yourself. Uh, If you want to follow me, please do that as well Ricky Day, R I C K Y D A Y, on Instagram and Twitter. And please go rate and review the podcast positively on Apple Podcasts and wherever you listen to your podcast. Until next week, yo, go out there, look in that mirror. Get to know yourself and love yourself, embrace yourself and go out and be positive. Have a good conversation, a good interaction with another human being, preferably a stranger and do your little part, y'all, to change this world one conversation at a time. I love you. Have a good week.